Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Luck. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. everyone welcome back another edition of dr homebrew this is jp uh right here in your ear holes which is uh honestly the only hole i want to be in with you wait thank you for clarifying should we start over yes okay hold on cut whatever yeah all right everyone this is dr homebrew thanks for hanging out we got a really cool show for you tonight we have a uh we have a northern German alt beer, uh, which is a, a style that you don't see a lot of, I think. And uh, and we have a, a pills. And I'm, I'm stoked to of drink pills? both yeah. of them. I don't know what Dr. kind of pills. Dr. we got to do lots of pills, you think. I like pills. Yeah, we should. Pills. We're like Nurse Jackie. Is We're just yeah. popping German, pills. German pills? pills? I don't have a microphone very good here. <laughs> pills and injectables. Hello? Yeah, let's do it. I like pills. Pills are good, man. We pills. heard. Yeah. I mean, you get you get in trouble with pills. Uh, anyway, a uh, little window in a Dr. Homebrew, everybody. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, Five Star. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com and uh, learn about everything that you need to do to actually make drinkable beer. I mean, do it for don't do it for us. Do it for your 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 palate and your family's palate and your friends' palates because uh, I think they're tired of going. Is this intentionally sour? Is it polite to say you or no? <laughs> Do it for your yeah. dog, if nothing else. Right. You know, <laughs> it's a drink the leftovers. Yeah. It's funny because, like, uh, I remember, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, people give you a beer and you go, oh, it's sour. But now I, I heard all over NHC, we're, we're fresh back from NHC, uh, I heard a bunch of people going, oh, is it is it intentionally sour? And then and then they go yeah and the person goes oh okay good and then you kind of go forward so that's kind of the new <laughs> that's kind of the new question to ask is is it in, did you intentionally make this sour beer um, this beer know. if you didn't mean it it sucks but if you did it's awesome yeah and we can't tell the difference anymore. exactly <laughs> exactly uh, how was NHC for you guys did you guys have a good time NHC was a lot of fun yeah 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 beer Super everywhere cool. all sorts of cool people. People I know, people I never met before, everywhere. Why is Brian looking at my crotch? I couldn't speak to that. My mic isn't working very well. Your mic's doing great. Quiet. Uh, did you turn your headphones up? Yeah. Yeah. It's just it is quiet. Jay has uh, dialed back the master sound, uh, and uh, just kind of the way it is. I struggle with that too in that in that seat for the session because you're sitting in my seat where oh, I usually okay. sit for the session show, and it's like oh, I can't hear anything, man. It's the newer, more peaceful Doctor Homebrew. It is. I just had to turn my mask, my headphones up a little bit here too on the control. But I think uh, we're going to stop and have a chant in the middle of the show. I Meditation session. 
I think we should. I'll I'll try to ride your controllers here a little bit, Brian, and uh, give you the better sound uh, you. that you're looking for. Uh, anyway, fivestarchemicals.com. They bring you this and every show uh, that we do here on Dr. Homebrew. Uh, got a chance to hang out with a couple of those people from... Uh, uh, five star over on uh, NHC. They're a lot of fun. Yeah. I like. I like the little booth too. Yeah, they're nice folks. Yeah. They make a great product. They have stickers that say "Don't fear the foam." Don't fear the foam. I they should make a little like five minute video about it. That's <laughs> a weird horror film or something like that. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, let's uh, see. We're gonna get Jim on the phone. And uh, he has the uh, the uh, Pilsner. Was it a German Pils? Right, a German Pils. But he sent us two bottles. And uh, before the show, I was scrambling because I'm like, okay, I can't find the third fucking bottle. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna lie. I'm gonna make something up and pretend that I, whatever. And then I asked him, I was like, how many did you send? And he goes, two. I'm like, ah, okay. Thank you very we, much. We were gonna make something. Up. <laughs> we were totally gonna lie because that's what a good doctor does, right? Oh, it's just take yeah. two of these and call it's me in the morning. Be not fine. Terminal. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or contagious. Your 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 partner should have nothing to worry about. So, for those of you wondering why two bottles might not be enough for all of us, <laughs> we're thirsty. We're thirsty. We yeah. are thirsty people. No, uh, Lee, Lee and I have judged uh, the spirit in advance of the show, which sometimes happens when JP gets nice and organized. Which lately he's been doing yeah. pretty well. At, Very so. organized. I'm doing yeah. all right, man. I'm doing. We drank right. the beer. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how we do it. We, uh, you know, for those of you looking to be on the show, um, I just sent out a bunch of emails too, so I'm catching up with that as well. Uh, but we, I ask for your beers a month in advance so I can give these guys their your beers. So right now, sitting here, we have beers for next month's Doctor Homebrews uh, to give Brian and Lee a chance to actually, you know, get out of here early and not have to sit for an extra forty five minutes judging a bunch of beer and, and then have a nice be- unharried, unhassled judging yeah. session at right. home. Yeah, and where we call and compare notes afterwards. Yeah, it's, it's not like a couple days before the show. I should just knock yeah. on your door and go. Are you guys <laughs> done yet? I mean, because we gotta come on. <laughs> no, yeah. JP, I'm at my house. I don't care. Come back later. I need you to be done. That's what you've been doing when we're when we judged it here. So it's a lot better this way. We we don't we don't feel as hurried and we're nice and relaxed. We do a little yoga in the back. And, um, <laughs> yeah, we can actually talk to the guests when they come in. Yes, with the people at the bar. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's a good time, man. Speaking of the bar, I'm drinking a uh, uh, Solidarity from Eagle Rock Brewery in L.A. My favorite beer in the entire universe. Um, most of them, anyways. I've got that new deep uh, J-Town. Nice. I smelled it. it. Smells good, but uh, it ain't no 3.8% black mild, man. Mm. You know what I'm trying to say? I love it. All day long. Drink it all day long. And you don't even feel drunk or anything. It's amazing. No, not till you hit the pavement. <laughs> mm, sorry. Yeah. I'm just trying to ring uh, ring Jim here, but uh, it's oh, not connecting Jim. for some reason. Brian, did you have fun at NC? You guys had a big booth there. I did, yeah. Your club, uh, the Mad Z's, the- huh? The gigantic blue uh, fuzzy wig and the lab coat on on club night. And um, if you were there at NHC, I kind of came around and collected your beer. I went to every booth and pretty much asked for one of everything. <laughs> you were that guy? I was like, Oh, that's right. In the flask. Yes. Okay, so you weren't like slamming shots. And people thought, I was. oh, what are you pouring? You know, I've had a flask full of random mixed you know, dump bucket beer is a nice yeah. word for it, but <laughs> nobody that a nice word. Yeah. <laughs> dump bucket beer is the, the the nicest way to phrase that. No, it's a little experiment I'm doing just for fun. So it's it's happily souring in my closet now. 
Oh, okay. Wait a minute. So you asked for one of everything. Yes. And then kept it in the uh, I, I, in the I flask. Transferred it from the flask into yeah. a a sanitized bucket that I have uh, that I had on hand there, and I filled it up to five gallons, and it's happily souring. You away did not seriously. You did this. This is how I get my exercise and work off some of the beer calories <laughs> at any. Wait. Okay. So you. Uh, sorry, Jim. I. Uh, uh, you're gonna have to stand hold for a second. Uh, so you brought a sanitized. Five gallon bucket to NHC with the forethought to do this project. Yes, one of every single beer. Yes, it's the mad scientist in me. I, I just um, just wanted to do it. I did the same thing at uh, NCHF, and I had that time instead of a flask, I had like a spray bottle. And at NCHF, the Northern California Homebrewers Festival, at the end of the collection, I mixed them all together. And we tasted the beer, and I put it in this spray bottle, and yeah. I squirted it into the, the daring people's mouths. So a lot of people were like, N-. I told them what I yeah. had, and they're like, no. No. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> no and then way. sometimes I talk them into it, and they're like, oh, well, okay. And then they're like, no, actually, that's not too bad. That's gross. And I tasted that one. I mean, I, that was in September that I collected it, and I'm going to pour it at the next NCHF, and I just pour the dregs of really good bottles into it. And it sours nice. It's souring nicely. So maybe someday we can start a new category. You know, <laughs> collection, collection beer. Gordon, we need a category called yeah. sour dump bucket beer. No unintended collaboration <laughs> brews. <laughs> hey Jim, are you there? Yes. Yeah, sorry about that. No, that's all right. Don't no, worry no, about no, it, man. Please cut us off. <laughs> um, thanks for joining us, man. Thank you for having me. So uh, we were just talking to Brian, and he was telling us about his uh, his little adventure in. Uh, NHC collecting a little bit of every beer from every booth and then putting it in a sanitized bucket and then souring it. Um, so a suicide? Yeah, it's essentially suicide a beer sour. a beer club suicide. Maybe that's a nicer name for it than dump bucket sour. <laughs> yes, I think so. Um, but I think that's gross. Have you ever heard of any crazy people doing that? I don't no, not really. No, <laughs> there's a reason. No one else has. <laughs> that sounds. That sounds. So you've said you've done it before. I'm thoroughly interested in this yeah. for some reason. And How did it come out? It's coming along nicely. That okay, still yeah. done. So it's yeah, it's about nine months in, and it's uh, it's souring pretty happily in there. But, but yeah, there were some sour beers, even some meads and ciders and smoke beers, just a little bit of everything. But also, I did um, for our Oktoberfest. Um, Festival, you know, I run the Oktoberfest competition for German beers. I end up with all these extra beers. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. So one time, I mean, this kind of came out of that, too, partially, the tradition and um, of doing this. And it was also partially uh, inspired by Sean Paxton, like, mixing all kinds of weird beers at the end of NCHF and, and saving them for future years in big sour bottles. He calls it his Franken-Goose. Okay. All right. So this, all of this kind of comes out of that. But I've I, never I take, heard this. In the German homebrew competition, I take a lot of the leftover entries, if we have the second and third bottle, and take the higher scoring entries and mix them all together, and then I pour it at the festival. Like I just jump them very, I dump them very gently into a keg, and it's like generic German beer. It tastes like a Weizen Altbach, you know. It's like, Thing. Yeah. Thingy Bob. It's, it's got some of the best elements of both, and all of the, any defects kind of wash themselves out because they're so... So low in each different beer that they just kind of blend together and fade oh, okay. away. Okay, everything else is overpowered. So kind of make the sum of the parts is actually better than some of the individual beers that went into it. Huh? Interesting. Yeah. Well, you're a crazy person. We can talk about how weird I am for a while. <laughs> this longer. man will be judging your beer now. Yeah, yeah. Right. or we can just trash a few uh, home brews here. No, 
Well, uh, I'm having some connection issues with Jim, uh, so we're just going to go ahead and get rolling with Adam, unfortunately. Sorry, Jim, I tried calling you back, but uh, if you get up and running, man, bring me back. Uh, Lee, why don't you, uh, since Brian has hogged the mic this entire time talking about himself, um, why don't you start talking about uh, Jim's beer here? So wait, Jim, the pills or the alt? The pills. The pills. Yes, sir. Okay. You said Adam for a moment, so I was confused. I All right. Yeah. Well, what can we say about a German pills? Everybody knows them. Everybody loves them. It's Everybody that, loves it's them. It's that bit burger you get in the can when you were in college or, or high school or whenever. <laughs> Crisp, a little bit hoppy, bitter, but balanced, a little bit of mineral. Yeah. Usually very pale, very nice beers. You can drink them by the bucket, whether they're blended with other beers or not, potentially. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, this was a pretty decent example of style. I would say uh, aroma. We got kind of a bready, crackery malt, kind of medium intensity, a little bit of a low flowery hop aroma in there. Initial kind of sulfite whiff kind of went away, a little bit of sulfur there. I got a little bit of a low apple ester or acetaldehyde. I wasn't really sure which that um, was there as well. No diacetyl or DMS. Uh, no off aromas, a little bit of a honey character, which might have been a touch of oxidation, but nothing objectionable in any way. Um, and um, <clears throat> when it warmed up, uh, it's like an hour after I opened it, I went back to the bottle. There was a little bit of diastole there then. Uh, but, you know, given that much time, most people would have drunk it down and be long gone by then. You'd never notice it. Uh, pretty well styled in the aroma. Could maybe have used a touch more hops, but it's pretty nice, basically. It was a, uh, to look at, brilliant pale gold. Pours a medium white and mostly fine foam. Faded pretty quickly, though, to a light cover on the, the beer. Could probably use a little bit better head persistence, but it was uh, pretty much the right color, and the foam that was there was nice. Nice and fine, tight bubbles when it was when it was there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Flavor: crackery Brady Pills malt. Uh, some evenly balanced by some hop flavor, sort of a medium low floral hop flavor in there, and a fairly medium high level of bittering. A little bit coarse finish to the bittering. Otherwise, I think I thought the balance on that was pretty good. A touch of honey again. Um, maybe a threshold apple acetaldehyde flavor. I wasn't really sure. No DMS diacetyl. Uh, while I was tasting, a little bit of a mineral sulfate character was no, uh, was noticed as well. It's mostly to style. Again, I think the dazzle came up like an hour later when I went back to it. But oh, okay, yeah, you know that's you're usually not going to notice that. We got we got Jim. We got Jim back too. Jim. We got Jim back. Excellent. <clears throat> Sorry about that, guys. That's all right. No worries. Don't sweat it, man. Skype strikes again. Skype, yes. Uh, mouthfeel, medium, low body, and carbonation. Could probably use a little more carbonation. Other than that, it was fine. It was almost crisp. Um, not hot or alcoholic or stringent. Had a little bit of creaminess. This was good. A little bit of drying in the finish, probably from the mineral. Uh, a little bit from the bittering, but mostly I think it was kind of a mineral character to it, which you expect in a German pills. They usually have some mineral to them. Uh, overall impression, I thought it was a decent pills. Good malt flavors. Good hot flavors in a row. And aromas as well. Almost clean ferment. Maybe, you know, there's a little bit of diacetyl there in the acetaldehyde in the end. Carbonation was a bit low, but uh, that's easy to fix. Uh, it's very drinkable, enjoyable beer. Um, I thought that, you know, maybe uh, a little better bottle conditioning might have helped. Maybe get after it, make sure you dose it up with some real fresh yeast. Um, keep it at a bit warm temperature to make sure it finishes out the carbonation at the end. Um, but basically, it's a, it's a good beer. I like it. I gave it a 34. All right. Yeah, Brian. Thank you, Lee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if we're going to uh, disparage Skype, as we always continually do, we need to make sure that we don't ever want to have, have them as a sponsor of the show. 
Uh, we're safe on that. Not too likely. Okay, yeah, yeah, I think that's all right. I I saw him knocking at the door out there. They were <laughs> anyway. No, uh, that was the jackboot guys, not the yes. sales team. Oh, that was those guys. The so the the beer did look bottle conditioned. I saw you know the the telltale yeah. yeast at the bottom, and that's you know that's a great way to condition a beer if if it's done the right way for sure. Um, but yeah, Roma Wise started with a low uh, bready malt and a hint of a cracker like character. Very faint, spicy hop in the background there. With uh, it had a you know a light bit of sulfur at first, which faded to kind of a background note. Uh, fairly clean lager profile in there. I didn't I didn't catch any obvious esters. No D, uh, no DMS. Um, it was hard to get any diacetyl, but uh, in the aroma, it was if there was it was really faint. Um, appearance wise, pretty light. You know, a pretty beer. It was nice. Um, Brilliant, brilliantly clear, low white, delicate head that faded after a brief while. A nice, just kind of a nice, bright yellow color, mm. and a pretty beer. I, I wish we could look at it now. <laughs> um, and the flavor again had. I agree with a lot of what Lee said there. Low bready malt, uh, a little bit of cracker. Uh, it was. Um, it had a faint bit of. I thought like I caught a little bit, kind of a banana ester in there, but there wasn't any clove or anything like that. That would be kind of like go along with a. Uh, you know, funky German yeast or maybe a wild yeast or something, but it mm-hmm. it seemed pretty clean. I I thought it was just kind of a background thing. I was trying to find something else, maybe because uh, I did catch a hint of of diacetyl in the flavor uh, as well. So it was um, kind of detracting just a little bit. And then the other thing was this kind of vaguely uh, uh, minerally chalk like impression, uh, and the finish is very dry. So with that that mineral and the dryness, it was kind of a little. Um, rough in that way and then also i thought that the the i agree with Leah, the the bitterness that was there was a little bit rough and unrefined um the but lager lager ferment seemed okay for the most part other than that uh despite the, some of the odd little flavors it's like kind of light little balanced notes and things like it would, you want to have that night that nice kind of german malt crackery thing balanced with the hop and kind of present itself in that way and not you know nothing standing out too hard and if you get too many minerals in your water it's gonna muck it up a little bit had a little bit of an odd hop taste in there, um, but again, these are fine points. It's actually pretty. It's actually a very good beer. Um, so you think the that kind of funky bitterness is is a minerality conflicting with? The I hops? think that yeah, I think it's the way the minerals in there in the water profile played with the hop, and I just it'd be mm. interesting to talk about what kind of water was used and any treatment that was done. Okay, um, sometimes less is more when it comes to treatment. If you have pretty clean, good water, uh, you know, you, you want a moderate sulfate water for this beer, but. Yeah, body-wise, it was you know pretty much where it needed to be. It wasn't there wasn't any obvious astringency. It just had a little biting character, uh, you know, no obvious warmth or anything. Just kind of medium, um, medium light body, not too bad. Um, but yeah, clean overall, cleanly brewed lager, and uh, just a few little issues. The diacetyl thing you can clean up pretty easily. Um, if, if it could have come in either in the brewing process or in the bottle. Like if you tasted it after you brewed it, it might not have any diacetyl. Could have been bottle uh, conditioning artifact, as Lee stated. You, you do want to make sure you have healthy yeast going in there. Or if it's if it tastes you know, taste any of that or smell any of that when you're bottling it, just cancel the bottling and and hold on to it a little longer and let it let it clean itself up. Mm-hmm. And do a diacetyl rest. Do a rest, yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah, you want to look for German noble hops to use with this beer because they are going to be showcasing it the freshest you can find. 
and also a good German uh, pills them all nice and, you know, uh, freshly uh, milled to get that light little kind of graham crackery kind of hint of sweetness that was kind of missing from this beer. And you could also increase the, the mash temp just a little bit maybe for this this beer to dry out quite a lot. So to me, and it was just, yeah, uh, that'll kind of <laughs> increase uh, perception of the malt, I think. But overall, it's a good beer. I gave it a, a very good beer. It's so a 30, 30 points. So I could have gone higher, but some of those little things just kind of detracted a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what kind of feedback that Jim was looking to get here. We can ask him. Yeah, I know he has some questions. What, what the questions were. For you guys. Yeah, yeah. Jim, why don't you uh, take it away, Jim? Thanks, guys. Um, so I've been having some trouble with my loggers, and um, I'm sorry, Lee, I, I missed the first part of your thing. Did you say you got a little bit of acetaldehyde? I was um, getting a touch. A touch of either acetaldehyde or just an apple, green apple esters. It could well have been acetaldehyde. It's okay, is low. that in the flavor or more in the aroma? Uh, both. Both. Okay. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of that in in um in my lagers, and I'm just trying to figure out what I'm doing wrong um in my fermentation uh, with that um, because unfortunately this was not a bottle conditioned beer. Um, it was a keg keg fill, so that's interesting. It was at the end, so it's interesting that there was some sediment on the wow. bottom. Okay, yeah, there um, was. It looked okay. bottle conditioned. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah, mm. yeah. That just Maybe dropped out in bottle there. Then. Yeah. Um, yeah. So acetaldehyde. I mean, if that's a, if that's a recurring issue, that that can come from actually his. Interesting in the context of whole brewed lager, over pitching yeast, you'll sometimes end up with acetaldehyde uh-huh. uh, as as a source of it. Uh, but along with diacetyl, a diacetyl rest should be able to get rid of most of that. So if you're yeah. getting this a lot in lagers, especially if you're getting it with diacetyl, maybe do your diacetyl rest for another day or so, or bump it up another degree or two. I, I don't know how you're doing what it. About- but- yeah. What about um, too much too much oxygen too at, at first? That could probably. Well, let, well, let's. Uh, yeah. Jim, how are you doing your uh, your diacetyl rests? So I'm kind of trying um, with this one. I did the the um, kind of driven fermentation where you know I started at 48 and then drove it um, after three days to uh, 50 and then bumped it up about three degrees uh, every two days to about 60 at two weeks and then i left it at 60 for about three or four days and then um you know slowly put it back down to um to to to, uh about 35 um Mm -hmm. uh, for a couple of days you know for a couple of days and then put it in the keg for i would say a month before i started uh started serving it that so, seems kind of reasonable lagered, right lagered well, in the keg. yeah that's everything sounds right there it's a bit of an unusual i mean i'm not familiar with a driven ferment like that quite but mm-hmm. usually i think the classic diacetyl a diacetyl rest you'd raise the temperature for like four or five degrees and hold it there for two or three or four days at the end of the mm-hmm. ferment and then you do a slow crash i mean the traditional lagering so if you're coming off of a three-day Sort of not not too much of a bump up. It sounds like you did a degree or two, maybe. No, he went mm-hmm. up to sixty. He said, but but it was there for a long time. That was was that a diacetyl rest or was that sort of the the tail end of your ferment? That was the tail end. It's kind of so, splitting hairs. Maybe. Maybe. Oh yeah, it was still fermenting when you had it there. Um, no, slowly or or uh, no, not at I, all. I don't. It, I brewed this in March, so. So I'm looking at my notes now, and I, I think it was finished. Um, I think when I took the gravity reading, it was – I mean, it stayed 
pretty solid um right at well, 60 so it's let me put it terminal. this way from the from the the day you pitched it at 48 to the day you went from 60 down to your cold crash at 35 how long was that um two and a half weeks or so should be enough to finish up i don't know you could next time you try this maybe try bumping up the temperature two to four degrees at the end of that and do another sure. three days for a diastole rest and see if that mops it up it should take a okay. little bit of more time it, yeah a little yeah. bit more time and that's that's the thing to really give the yeast the extra time make it desperate warm it up so it doesn't want to go to go dormant and mm-hmm. make it desperate for anything to eat and it'll start mopping up all the residual diastole and acetaldehyde with any luck make it like oprah <clears throat> yeah and yeah. the other and the other thing is that if you're going to go from where you were immediately to a cold crash at 35, the traditional lagering course is you drop it a couple degrees a day for a couple of weeks to get it down there, which you, you may not really need to do. But but if you go straight from your warm to your cold, there's no margin for error for the yeast to mop up over sort of a first few days of that cooling a little bit of extra diacetylaldehyde that might be around. So, oh, okay. so you have to get it right before you crash it. So like the the extra week or whatever to ramp and ramp down, it might is still just be mopping up a little okay. stuff maybe. But right. basically, you're le- I, I think you'd kind of be leaving yourself no margin for error there. Sure. Like going from the from the 60 degrees down to the 35 overnight. Yeah, yeah. slamming it down. They also yeah. kind of mopping up some of that sulfur that got kicked out too. And yeah, I mean, just take it take it to when you, where you think it's finished and give it another little tick. Get a little okay, patience, young Jedi. <laughs> Okay. And uh, you guys were also saying you got a bit of a bit of a mineral note um, in the in the beer as well. I think um, we both got I, that. Yeah, it's a bit chalky. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, because um, I did add a little bit of or a teaspoon of gypsum to the strike water. Um, I was trying to accentuate the hop character, um, so maybe next time not add the gypsum. Um, that would that would probably be a good place to start. I mean, sure. the thing about a pilsner with a really light pils malt profile. And really delicate, noble hops is things you would do that would be killer in a pale ale, English or American or an IPA. Hmm. Might just make it too rough. Yeah, it had so, the, the hop character a lot like a, a you know a British pale ale kind of thing. Yeah, so a little more restraint on the the minerals might help. I mean, the German pills do have some minerals, but you know, go to one of those water calculators, figure out what your home water is like, or wherever you're starting, and try and shoot for that. And especially if you've got any magnesium, it's good to probably try and throttle that back again. I wouldn't add that here because that can make kind of a rougher hot profile too. Are you starting with filtered house water or RO or where? Um, uh, a pretty neutral um, city water. Uh, yeah. I don't have the unfortunately I don't have the water profile in front of me, but it's fairly fairly neutral, um, not 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 quite um, mineral free, but you know it's it's a re- reservoir, so yeah, um, there's not a lot of stuff in it. Right. Well, I mean, if you do, do you get the um, your city uh, water profile from whatever you're? I, I do. I don't have it in yeah, front of me. Unfortunately, that's, right that's now. fine. Yeah, yeah. Let's take a look at that. Make sure it's where you want it. You probably already did, and it should be fine. Pant, pant. I don't carry mine in my back pocket yeah. either. I don't. I don't blame you. <laughs> I got mine in my head. Oh well, our water has 160 parts per million of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's sort of that balancing between how much residual body you've got, the minerals, and their impact on the hops. I mean, it's it can make it seem a little harsh if you don't get it just right. But yeah, um, the yeah. other thing is make sure you got real fresh hops. But if you get a new package that's under foil and, and nitrogen, it should be fine for for the yeah for the yeah, bittering. The, the tech that I used was uh, super low alpha. It was 2.4. Um, so I doubled up because um, I usually have a about a five percent tat, right. and um, it you know so I doubled it up on that. So I, I guess that wasn't really the problem though. 
So I, I wouldn't think so. No. Okay. Yeah. I know. Do you have any other insight onto the? Well, just using more using more hop matter in the beer when it, when it's usually using a five percent alpha hop in. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I've noticed some of those crops come out really super low, and, and it just varies a lot. But uh, you are putting that twice the amount of plant matter in your, your beer, and it does have a little, you know, maybe a little green kind of hop, odd hop taste to it. I mean, it wasn't wasn't bad. It was just kind of, yeah, with the chalkiness and with that, um, there was a little kind of greenness to it there of the, um, yeah, maybe a little too much in, uh, plant material in there. <laughs> Yeah. It's just a delicate beer it's, it, to start with, so you, you, sure. it's a real balancing act to get it just right. Then again, it's it's a very good beer. Um, I would I, I would drink. Yeah, I, with I all these nits no we're picking, I'd be happy to have another one. I mean, it was actually pretty nice. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Other than the yeah, we're, we're sorry you didn't send that third <laughs> bottle. Yeah, sorry about that. That's all right. No worries. I mean, that's what you have to remember, right, with, with a show like this, and and just you know entering your beers in, in competition anyway. It's it's finding flaws. You know, it's 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 different if you're sitting at the pub and you're drinking a pint of commercial beer. Um, you know, we're we're actually trying to find issues with well, with your beer. There's more to it just that. I mean, we're appreciating well, yeah, the balance but, and the ingredients and everything how it works sure, together. But and we for this one, I mean, we yes. really glossed over that because he more or less got all that right. Right. That, know, that's the what, that's good, what I'm saying. The, you, the you, flavors, aromas were appropriate. Right. But I think I think with that you kind of all all that kind of gets over. Uh, maybe not with judging and Joe. Maybe with this specifically this show. I guess all that stuff is is you know that's almost accepted. And then we're we're trying to find uh, you know what went wrong. But you, you know keep in mind, uh, Jim, you did a lot of stuff right. So uh, you know, nice work. Well, yeah, I mean, also, I don't know. Did that make sense? I wasn't. I wasn't trying I, to say that no, we're bagging on no, him, but no. yeah, it's that like made sense. it's like uh, you know we have to step back and some, sometimes go. Oh yeah, but I mean, it was great, like you said, Lee. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'd still have another pint. Yeah. It's totally well, fine. And I mean, when you get into feedback for how to make it better, you're automatically in the realm of talking about the things that <laughs> right. went wrong. So. Yeah, I think that's what kind of triggered yeah. that. As as a judge, I, I agree with what you say, JP. But as a judge too, you want to just be sure to give a complete picture of that beer, and that includes all the warts and the you know you don't want to yeah. be a fault finder and just say, well, this has a tiny little hint of this, and you know, I mean, as long as you're, you're pointing out it has a low amount of this with along with all these other good elements, it's got the cracker like flavor and aroma of the, mm-hmm. the malt that's in there it's it's not missing you, you're giving a full picture of the beer and and you know a person listening to the show might be able to tell kind of what it tasted like hopefully yeah. if we're doing our job right <laughs> i guess what i'm saying is you know if, if you have a beer in competition like i do this sometimes you kind of get down on yourself if you get kind of a low score or whatever and you realize look you made beer and you put it in a bottle and you gave it to somebody <laughs> that's <laughs> that's it you, yeah you know, we you, don't you want anyone great. to get down on themselves we're, no. we're not out here to Am I am I uh, um, projecting on the just a little bit? I mean, all those beer judges are massively insecure. We <laughs> take it true. out on all the entrants all the time. That's true. Hide You're... behind our sort of wall of ivory tower <laughs> intellectual no, knowledge I mean. base and 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 palate lore and and like JP, who is also judged, they send their beers into competitions and sometimes yes. get you know maybe. Uh, an incorrect picture to the, to their eyes of what their beer was, and they might be a little bitter, and then they're judging somebody else's beer. And oh, I'm just gonna knock this one down. Ah. Their clover honey mead was better than mine. Zero point zero. Yeah. Anyway, uh, do you have any more questions, Jim, for the guys? No, thanks, guys. I really appreciate yeah. the feedback. Thank do, you. Do much. you have any recommendations for a good shrink? I think we can use one right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I actually do, but not right now. <laughs> okay. Get in touch with JP by email later. Yeah. I, I will. Yeah. All right. My, my email is uh, one crazy one at AOL.com. <laughs> All right, guys. You have a good night. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks Jim. Thanks Appreciate on. it, bud. Bye. I like Jim. He's been on the show before, I believe, too. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, let me hang up on him now. Uh, cool. Well, I wish I could have that that beer, man. I got to be uh, a little bit more clear on my uh, my thing. It's, it's probably my fault, Jim. So don't worry about it. Um, okay, we're going to take a break as soon as I get to my program here. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking to Gary, and he gave us a Northern German alt beer. And I'm I'm uh, a little more than excited to to drink this thing and and uh, you know see how it goes. So uh, hang in there, everyone. It's Doctor Homebrew back after this. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to MoreBeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite Bare Bones Club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Back to the examination. 
All right, welcome back, everyone. Dr. Homebrew, we're just sharing urinal stories yeah. here during the break. No big deal. It's, it's fun being famous. <laughs> it's fun being famous. Famous Great last stories, words. freshest mints. Yeah. Uh, good times, man. Good well, we times. didn't get it as much as well we did at NHC, but we did get some some recognition. And I like that. I like that my boys are, uh, are, are getting out there, man, getting their faces known. And, uh, hey, you know, in 10 years, you could be me. Yes. Yeah. We could walk into a bathroom and have to shake some wet-handed beer <laughs> yeah. fans. Oh, hand. Where's my Xanax? Oh, <laughs> uh, I got you. Don't worry about it. All right. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. Conference all... was a lot of fun, though. Conference is great. I mean, getting recognized by ran- by people I haven't met is kind of odd to me because I'm not used to that. But, yeah. you know, what, what the heck? It's, it's fun, too. The conference is a lot of fun. It's so much interesting beer. Speaking and just of, so much enthusiasm. Speaking of interesting beer, did you have Annie Johnson's beer? Her, like, funk. Gary, are you on the phone with us? Yeah, yeah. I'm hey, here. Hey, man, did you go to NHC this year by any chance? No, I did not. Oh, okay. No, I didn't um, so, Annie Johnson, who's now working with Pigo Brew, she made this beer, and it was like called a funky chicken or something like that and it was some base beer of some god knows what and then she she like smoked a chicken like a fryer and then mashed it up with some other stuff and then put it in the beer like dry chicken or i i don't i forget what she, she did with chicken. well at least she cooked it first <laughs> and well yes she cooked it, and then she gave it to me and then i kind of smelled it i'm like i kind of wish you hadn't told me what it was because now i think i smell chicken juice so the whole rest of the night, I'm like thinking that she's poisoned me, or that something nasty is going to happen, and it's just this—I don't know. I, 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 it took me a while to get over uh, just smelling chicken juice in my glass. That would be a little weird. Did it have a nice foam stand like a matzo floating in it? <laughs> it was—it's uh, was weird. Okay, I, I missed that. It was weird. I missed that beer. Well, I don't know if you missed it's, it. You didn't have it. I didn't have it, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I was not funky chicken. I was not lucky enough. <laughs> I think I do remember seeing Annie waving a rubber chicken around at some point, though. That may have been, yeah. she may have been celebrating her conquest. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Gary, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, thanks. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Awesome. Doing great. Just uh, drinking some good homebrew, man. Uh, before, cool. we, before we jump into your beer, uh, figuratively, uh, how long have you been homebrewing? Um, so I've been homebrewing for about two years. Um, started with a couple extract kits like everybody else, and then jumped right into um, all grain. Was introduced by uh, my brew buddy and friend Rob Johnson uh, about that time, and kind of uh, was his brew assistant for a while. And so I got confident enough to buy some oil equipment, and kind of got into it like that. Nice. I wonder if Rob's going. He said my name. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's cool. So, have you made uh, this style of beer before? This Northern German alt? No. Um, so, what I've been doing recently is going through brewing classic styles and brewing some more of the um, obscure beers that are hard to get yeah. um, fresh here in the states. Yeah. And so that's was kind of the inspiration for brewing this beer. So. Okay. Just uh, ha- have you had a commercial example? I don't know that there are that many. I mean, there it's have to be, but but hard hard to find in this readily market. available. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't had a commercial style now. Well, I mean, yeah, in the 2008 guidelines, they list Alaskan Amber Ale. That's probably the one that most yeah. people have had as a as a Northern German alt. But I've had Schwalmer, but it just it doesn't always travel well. And you can picture what the beer was or would have been, but it's not always what it is when you're drinking it there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, uh, Brian, since uh, you have that wonderful insight, why don't you kick us off, man? Yeah. Um, okay. So this. 
the the beer and the aroma has a has a nice pleasant malty and uh, toasty aroma up front. Kind of a low, earthy, spicy hop hiding in the background. Uh, not too intense. No, I mean it seems seems uh, very clean. Uh, no DMS or diacetyl. Um, I didn't get any obvious esters. There's a little bit of fruitiness from the malt, but uh, you know it, it seems like uh, uh, you know clean fermentation there. Um, Appearance-wise, the rich, rich dark copper color, uh, and it's very clear. It has these nice kind of burnished, uh, orangey, you know, burnt amber highlights in there uh, in the glass, and it, it's, it had a low, creamy, off-white colored head that that uh, stuck around for a little while. Um, and uh, flavor-wise, as he takes mm, a sip, <laughs> pleasant, pleasantly rich malt with a like a lightly brown toast kind of element to it the bread bread crusts and somewhat biscuity uh it has this medium dry uh finish that that you know really works well with the style too um and yeah clean clean fermentation there's only a little bit of um esters in there and uh seems cleanly lagered and um so yeah nice malty aftertaste in there definitely only if you know again some fruitiness from the malt um and you know the bitterness is substantial enough to keep you to keep the the balance with all that's in there. If you didn't have enough of that, it would it would just be flabby and too too sweet, you know. And that that fruitiness is uh, from malt and yeast, or or just from the malt. I'm thinking that it's mostly coming from the malt. It okay, just tastes like a. Does that alt yeast not kick off any kind of fruity ester? Um. I mean, it, it could. I don't know if this this was this lagered or is it a, a was it ale? So this beer, um, you know, Jamil calls for. Um, you can either use the um, alt beer ale yeast, um, the German ale yeast, or you could use a lager yeast. I used the ale yeast, and um, so it was kind of kind of weird coming out of the fermenter. It tasted like fusily a little bit, yeah. and then it, it kind of hit a sweet spot after lagering for only like two weeks. Hmm. Um, so you did like melanoid. A low temperature ale a ferment with it, or yeah, I, I think I yeah. fermented at like sixty-two, de- sixty-two degrees. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's got the, some elements of ale and lager to me. I wasn't sure, you know. I'm commenting. It's got like kind of a clean uh, lager f- uh, fermentation profile, but also a little fruitiness in there. So it's like, you know, kind of like the Kolsch and some of those other styles. The alt can have that a little bit of both worlds in there, and and. If you have the right ingredients and everything else in there, it really can work nicely. So, um, thanks for sharing the the tidbit there. Um, mouthfeel wise, medium bodied, uh, medium medium high carbonation. Um, I'll probably be more like medium. No no warmth or anything. It's um, somewhat creamy and smooth. It wasn't harsh or biting. Just really pleasant on the palate. But yeah, I thought it was a very enjoyable uh, Northern German alt and. Um, Again, not a style that I've had too many of either. Yeah. And, I mean, if you're not in the right part of Germany, you're not going to find too many of them even. <laughs> like, well, I went to, uh, you know, Munich, and I, I yeah, you're not going to find too many northern German alts down Found there. Found a stale one in a bottle. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, um, Munich yeah. is south, right, guys? Seems like the, yes, yeah. the ingredients that were used were really authentic, and, uh, you know, it was it's a bit on uh, the dry side in some ways, but it also has, a, you know, there's a little bit of sweetness. We, you can even put... Bump up the sweetness just a little bit more, um, but yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a very pleasant beer. I gave it a forty-one. I wow. didn't find anything really wrong with it at Thanks. all. 
That's a good score. Good, good balance. Um, yeah, that dryness that you were talking about, the final gravity in the recipe called for 1.014. It, it got down to 1.011, so. Yeah, it's pretty dry. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a hard thing that's, con- you know, it's, if you ever make meads, that's one thing that's really hard to control. Like, well, the mead, you, you can plan a mead recipe, you think, well, it might dry out to 10, 10 but then it goes all the way to zero. Right. And it's like, okay. <laughs> you know, with the beer, the same thing. Uh, you only have... Um, the mash temp to control. I mean, honestly, I find, too, that a little bit of... Um, sometimes if you want to bump out the sweetness, you could add a couple pounds of extract substituted for the um, the base malt. And I find that that, like the extract, doesn't uh, ferment down as far. When I Whenever I make an extract version of a beer, the gravity would be like three or four points higher than the, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the mashed version. So, I mean, that's yeah. a little trick you could use to get a little... Touch of sweetness. I like to do that with barley wines. Put a little extract in my barley wines, a couple few pounds or something, just um, to keep some of that sweetness in there and not have it dry out too much or, you know, certain other beers. But, yeah, yeah, fun fun little trick you could try. Then you're, you know. That's a good Going trick, back yeah. to your roots, breaking out the extract and messing around with that stuff. <laughs> Ugh, More stuff. I hate it. Yeah. Get all the things all sticky. Be great. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a living. Or not. It's a hobby. <laughs> there you go. Right. All right, yeah. Lee. Uh, I agree with most of what Brian said. I mean, he had a nice sort of grainy, toasty, uh, cherry-ish kind of malt profile to it. Uh, pretty low hop aroma. Beautiful-looking beer. I mean, very pretty, clear, almost brilliant. Nice sort of red-brown color. Um, had a nice foam on it. Um, <clears throat> persisted fairly well, too, um, at least in my, my original glass back home, this one. Well, it's a little taster glass. They're not always the, the, the kindest to the foam stand. That's true. Um Toasty bread crust kind of malt flavor, some cherry probably from that, medium-low sweetness. Um, <clears throat> balance the bittering fairly well, I think. A little bit of an herbal hop character in it. Fairly clean ferment, uh, dries out definitely towards the finish. Um, I, didn't, I wasn't 100% always a fan of that kind of cherryish flavor in there. Sometimes it came across as a nice cherry. Sometimes it came across a little artificial to me. Like cherry um, cola. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, or Skittles-ish. Um, I was kind of curious about what kind of malt you put in there, actually. Um, do you want me to tell you? Sure, why not? Um, so 9.8 pounds of um, Pilsner malt, um, a pound of Munich malt, 9 liter, um, 0.25 of Carafa Special 2, and uh, 0.25 of Cara Munich, and then I think just 3 ounces of pale chocolate, um, I don't know if that's in there for color or maybe just a little bit of taste, but that's what the recipe called for. Well, it would probably do both. And two liters um, of soda. Right. So, yeah. um, what, what kind of Munich malt? Um, I did uh, the nine the nine Levand Munich malt. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's the lower the lower Levand real Munich malt, not the not the American one. Yeah, I think yeah. it's like um, at our homebrew store, yeah. you can get one, two, or three. I think it was two. Uh-oh. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I would say you probably I would I would kind of avoid the higher Lavabon one for one of these beers, at least at that level. Um it might make it a little too dark and intense. The the use of the Karamutic is interesting. I wouldn't have considered that necessarily. Um the the thing about this beer to me that I I, I mean I liked it. I gave it a thirty eight. Um almost as good as Brian's. The reason I didn't score a little higher was to me as initially at least I actually disagreed with Brian. I thought it was a little bit too sweet for the amount of bittering that's in there. Mm, okay. I think this beer should actually be a little bit more bitter. 
Um, it's sort of a classic characteristic of all beers, and not as much as maybe the Dusseldorf. But for me, this is coming across as sweeter and maltier. But really, the, the more I get down to it, I don't think it's so much that it's sweeter or richer in the sense of residual sugars. It's just that this really this this cherry flavor is kind of prominent, and the fruitiness yeah. is bringing along a, a, an impression of sweetness to me. And I think that is a little bit over the top. It comes across to me as more cherry, fruity, sweet, uh, a little more in the balance than it does as toasty, bready, malty. Um, and I would personally like to throttle that back. Now, we're talking vis-a-vis our last conversation <laughs> about, you know, dinging things and getting into the details of what didn't work. Yeah. It's actually a, it's a really nice beer. We both scored it well. It's a nice dry finish. It's, it's a really pretty well-balanced beer. I like it. Um, yeah. If I was going to make it something more to my taste, so I'd try to throttle back that fruitiness a bit. And if I was going to do that, probably the first thing I, I'd hit is that caramunic because that might be making mm. some of that. There wasn't too much of it in there, right? It was just like a quarter pound or something? Uh, yeah, it was just a quarter pound. Yeah. What about the, what about the hop? Where were you at with the hop? Sorry. Oh, uh, that's okay. Um, just 0.6 ounces of uh, Magnum um, yeah. at 60 minutes, and that was that was it. How many IBUs did that come out to? Um, I think the recipe was like 21. Oh, really? Wow. I would have thought it would be a lot more than that. 0.6? Uh, no, I mean point six. I'm mad I'm strong, but point six ain't much. Yeah, I can oh, see you know that what? coming out to twenty one. I would think the recipe should be shooting higher than that. But yeah. it, it, it is. I'm sorry, it's thirty two. Okay, yeah, that's about what I was. That, that's right about mid range for the style. Yeah, 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 yeah. thirty two. But you got to watch out if the hops have sat around for a while, or if they're you know older, if they're not, yeah. Then you know, or the, sometimes the alpha is just slightly off, and you're just like, eh, I'll just weigh it out to point six. You, you're just it, you know. The balance sometimes times can be a very delicate thing. You do want to adjust those hops for the alpha acid if you're not, you know, if you're um, what you get from the store is, you know, percent lower. Yeah. Did, did you adjust, uh, Gary, for the for the uh, alpha acid that you got in the package versus what was said in the book? Yeah. There's a um, there's a calculator online that I, I okay. punched in, yeah. and I think it was like maybe when I bought it, it was maybe in the 11s instead of 20. Putting point six, I put maybe like point eight or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. You're doing everything right there. So, I thought I thought the hop was was fine. It might be like slightly on the lower side for bitterness for the style, and it is pretty sweet with all the malts that are in there. But yeah, can you get that stuff with like like bag versus no bag, like pellet hops? You know, putting putting the hops in a bag versus not. Like I don't really use a bag. Yeah, your your usage uh, for low amounts like you, that. The hop utilization is going to go down if you're using a bag, and if you're yeah. Whatever your yeah, procedure this, is. it's all clustered in one space as opposed to just freely boiling through the whole kettle. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you can do it. Uh, you may – I mean, it's the sort of thing where, yeah, over time you may learn that your beers are a little less bitter than you think they should be. And uh, Brian's topping me up again. Thank you, Brian. Um, <clears throat> so maybe yeah, up at 5 or 10% or something. I don't know. It's, it's something you have to figure out for your own system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, the bittering – the character of the bittering was nice. It was clean. Mm, and yes. it was very pleasant bittering. I like that. Yeah. I just thought there could have been, a, especially since it was so clean, that it could have used a touch more of it. It would have really kind of, yeah. made it into a, a serious contender of an alt beer. Because yeah. that's, that's yeah. kind of one of their hallmarks is to have that sort of fairly prominent, clean, but not over-the-top bittering. Mm-hmm. I think it is a nice contender, though, because it has – so like we're talking about as the sweetness is not the, the finish. Like the, the finish is always dry, but it has – all these different malts in it that give it the impression of sweetness, and that plays nicely with the the hop that is there, and and that's part of the overall balance of this beer and why it works. And I think you you did really well with that. Thanks. Um, I, I kind of agree with um, maybe wanting a little bit more hop bitterness in there. Um, 
I haven't had this beer um, for about a month, and I, I kept a bottle in my my teaser uh, just you know to kind of taste along with you guys. And I feel like maybe the bitterness dropped off just a little bit. Yeah, um, until last awesome. time I had it. If the beer's older, that, try making a Dusseldorf alt sometime. That would be a fun one for you too. If that if you like that edge of the the balance, it might it might mm-hmm. play more nicely for you. Do one of those. Okay, I'll definitely do that. But, uh-huh. Yeah, nicely brewed. Good job with all your um, equipment and stuff there. What kind of setup do you have? Um, well, we've got um, uh, we can do five. I can do um, outside on the propane, do ten gallons, and yeah. if it's uh, here in Florida, it gets ninety five degrees. So oh, yeah. um, I'll move it, move it inside, and do it on the stove top, and do a five gallon if, if uh, the weather's not conducive to outside. Yeah, um, so but, like two months out of the year. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's like summer brewing out here, man, and, and yeah. uh, you know, the East Bay area. It does get nice and toasty. Got to get yourself a vest and fill all the pockets full of freezer bags. <laughs> You're stuff, right. You know, to stay outside and brew your beer. Yeah, I shut down in the summer. I can't do it. I can't do it. Just can't temperature it. and I just, so yeah. that means you're going to start brewing in the winter? Sure. Okay. I shut down in the winter. It's too cold. Don't you just push a button on your Pico Brew and just... <laughs> I was going to say, JP is a Pico Brew, doesn't yeah. it? Pico Brew yeah. now. Yeah, man. Well, it's it, and it's mainly fermentation. So the, the issue that I'm running into uh, is now that I used to... I have a 10-gallon uh, temperature-controlled conical, but I can't use that with a Pico Brew. So I'm, like, fermenting in my closet, which has been me. staying relatively nicely. But now that we've hit this, you know, heat spell, I'm like, well, I mean, I could brew Saison's, but I don't really like Saison's. So I'm kind of like, well, so I have to, like, clean out a beer fridge of all my commercial beer and then, you know, hook it, hook that up. So I've just been real lazy. That's – never mind. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, this is a nice beer. I yeah. like it. Uh, cool. you, well, appreciate you guys um, critiquing it and giving me that feedback. So you think maybe upping the bitterness maybe to taste and then kind of dial back on that cherry uh, flavor, you think I should try to – for maybe bringing the Munich down a little bit. Um, the Munich or the Kara Munich, yeah. Bring it, maybe bring that down a bit. I that that would definitely accomplish that. I mean, mm. it depends which of us you think you want to believe more. I think Brian will tell you to leave it where it is, and I tell you to dial up the bitter a bit. Yeah, I think it's not uh, that it's not that nine L Munich that's hurting it at all. It's just no, yeah, that no. the cherry like is definitely there that Lee's talking about. And if you drop the just the the Kara Munich from from a quarter pound to like point two pound, just that little of an adjustment might bring it right into balance. So if you bump the the hop up by just another point one ounce from what you had, it might just be perfectly balanced and happy, and it'll still be right in for style. But if you go too crazy with it, like oh swinging this way and that, it's gonna go to hell. You'll, it's you'll, it's in a good place now. It'll end up in a bucket with a bunch of other beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, Gary. If that's it, we'll let you we'll let you slide out of here. All right. Well, uh, thanks for having me on the show, guys, and um, uh, hopefully uh, talk to you guys soon. Yeah. yeah All right. Stay Cheers, cool guy, man. Thanks. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Cool. Awesome, man. Yeah. Good beer. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, okay. We're going to take a, our final break of the show, and then we'll come back and we'll distribute all the prizes and all the kind of stuff, and then we'll uh, go home, go and get a beer or something. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, talk to Homebrew. Stay tuned, everybody. Uh, we'll be right back. 
Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019 and get the Five Star Treatment today. High Gravity Homebrewing Supplies wants you to keep it simple. Brewing should be fun. And with High Gravity's amazing electric brewing systems, it is. High Gravity keeps their brewing systems simple, on purpose. More efficient than gas, customizable, and with your choice of one, two, or three vessels, High Gravity's electric brewing systems will completely change the way you brew beer, formulate recipes, and improve your beer's consistency. Dave at High Gravity can customize your system to fit your needs. High Gravity invites you to visit their Build Your Own Brewery page and see how easy it can be to brew electric. And High Gravity offers $7.99 flat rate shipping on most of their products. www.highgravitybrew.com High Gravity. Keep it electric. Keep it simple. Visit highgravitybrew.com Admit it. Homebrewing is not always free of frustrations. Years ago, brothers Bill and Jim Mitchell decided to minimize those frustrations and create an entirely new brewing process and a brand new kitchen appliance, the Pico Brew Zymatic. The Zymatic sits on your kitchen counter and connects to the internet via Wi-Fi. It comes with access to a huge recipe library full of award-winning beers and can brew your next batch at the push of a button. Improve repeatability and refine your recipes with the Pico Brew Zymatic. With minimal cleaning and hassle, the Zymatic enables anyone to brew craft beer in the comfort of their own kitchen. Just add your ingredients and the process of homebrewing becomes simplified and automatic, allowing you to focus on what really matters while you brew. At Pico Brew, they believe everyone should be able to enjoy the art of homebrewing and make their own damn good craft beer. See the Zymatic in action today at PicoBrew.com. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. Brian is serenading us during the break. Or you were screaming. I couldn't tell. I said, we're going to have to pour you out. And then I said, into my bucket. (laughs) You should just carry that thing around with you at all times. Oh, are you going to drink that? Go, go around the yeah, bar. Bring a flask with you here next time. Yeah. Are you going to finish that? I always have a bucket. With we got. You. We all usually. Have, we often have some leftover bottle uh, stuff here. I'm never going to hear an end to this now. Oh uh, no, you guys. Well, do you think you should? I mean, do you think that's when a reasonable thing beer, to do? You, you be the judge, okay? I will be the judge. The roles will be reversed. 
Well, Ryan, for me, not for not Ryan for Lee. just let his Franken baby into public, and we're not going <laughs> to let him live it down. In like forty years, he's going to be. Hey, you gonna you gonna finish that? Oh no, I, I eat all my food. No, your beer. I'm making uh, whatever. It's a forty-year-old plastic Solera dump bucket. <laughs> Sour. Uh, is that why you want to be a volunteer at uh, Winter Brews Fest all the time? So you can go through the oh. dump buckets and no, no, I've never volunteered. He's never volunteered. I've never been. Oh, what? I've never been. The hell's wrong with that? I could have sworn it I've always seen like you falls on the same day as this party I go to every year. Oh, that's right. This you have more important some, things yeah. to do than get into a beer fest for free. Yeah. yeah. That sucks for you. I will I will try to make it one of these times. Hey, you know, don't do it on my account. Um, I'll, I don't just, like, I'll just take pictures of you. Drunk. I don't, I don't like yeah. too many spiced beers, though. It's like sometimes, well, winter, it's, winter it, beers. It's not like you actually see a lot of spiced beers. It's a beer dump. fest in winter. The name oh. is misleading. Yes. Well, yes. then I'll definitely be there next year. There was no <laughs> yeah. party. Yeah, and this is yeah. wintered in Concord, California. I think it was like 75 degrees. Sure. This, this past year. There something may like that. have been a wind chill. Uh, I, I don't know. We just, there there yeah. was one cloud we spotted on the horizon. <laughs> Everyone it panicked. ran away quickly. Yeah. Right. Winter. Yeah, let's build a snow, the snowman building contest at this uh, com- at this competition. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Right. Now, if you want that, go up to the Alaska uh, Beer and uh, Barley Wine Festival. You'll find that there. No, thank you. Uh, okay, we have some prizes to give away. Uh, we have two prizes, one from GrogTag. Go to grogtag.com. Uh, they just released a, a new label today, as a matter of fact, the Drunken Mermaid. It's, it's actually really cute. Mm. Uh, so you can go there, and uh, you know they give you all sorts of uh, templates, so you can design your own reusable labels, which is amazing. And then the other uh, prize we give is from High Gravity Homebrew. You can go to highgravityhomebrew.com for all your homebrew shop need to get some equipment, your ingredients, your advice, all that kind of stuff. Go to uh, Desiree over there at High Gravity Homebrew. Better advice than we can give. Probably, yeah. I think she's been doing it for a long time, man. She's a, a, a staunch supporter of not only Dr. Homebrew, but uh, of uh, NHC and AHA and all this kind of stuff. So uh, we like the, the things they're doing over there at High Gravity. So the, uh, the Grog Tag gift certificate, it's a $40 gift certificate, goes to uh, the person with the lowest score, as we all know, because the Grog Tag tagline is, at least your beer will look good. We refer to, refer to it as the person who wins from behind. Ah, the right. person who wins from behind. The person with the most attractive behind. <laughs> yes. That would be different, but yes. <laughs> uh, wins from, not wins for. Oh, okay. Well, that's, oh. that is very different. Yeah. And we only, we only get these guys on Skype, so. I have a picture. Oh. It's fine. I, I recommend full-length <laughs> body shots and side views. I'm like a casting director. It's amazing. Uh, so the Grog Tag $40 gift certificate goes to Jim. Yeah. Hey, with his uh, pills. German pills, so that means, uh, Gary, you are the proud winner of the high-gravity homebrew. Uh, I believe it's a gift certificate as well for a bunch of stuff. So, uh, Well, and doesn't everybody get that, a little, a little uh, stuff from Five Star? That's correct. Five, the, the folks over at Five Star, uh, I don't know why they have an East Coast accent. They're from Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very weird. You're just winging it, aren't you? Well, I yeah. was going off of Brian, and I think Brian, anyway. Uh, yes, everyone who appeared on the show tonight <laughs> will get parting gifts from Five Star Chemicals. I don't know what my accent was. I said I something like Feistar. Feistar. And was I, like a, I assumed it was like a, some sort of Jersey, Brooklyn hybrid thing. It was a Kung Fu accent. Oh. Uh, well, they're not from Kung Those Fu aren't either. Incompatible I got my Feistar. I would throw it to you. <laughs> uh, no more beer for Brian. Sorry. I think. 
<laughs> We've achieved now. other planetness. <laughs> <laughs> Otherworldiness. Yes. Um, I believe that's it. Where's my sheet? Uh, I'm oh, supposed to promote other B. Supposed to pro- supposed to promote other B and shows. Uh, if you guys like uh, weird content like this, uh, then you're gonna love our other shows that we have, like the Session, Sour Hour, uh, Brew Strong. Um, what's the other one? Brewing the Style with our uh, very own mm. Jamil and Jean yeah. Plissé. Lunch Meat is that even still on? It's not. It's that's not, not on, on anymore. anymore. Okay. No, it's not on anymore. Um, World is safer. <laughs> I ran into John uh, Plisse at uh, NHC. I don't know if you guys saw his yeah. booth there, but he has a new endeavor called Brew Cribs. You go to mm. brewcribs.com. It's kind of like this whole uh, home brewing community online where you can upload your stuff, and it's a kind of a, a, a merging of commercial and homebrew. And uh, it's it's really it's really very cool. Get your brew crib. Get your brew crib on, man. Yeah, it's uh, I like it. So go support our mm. buddy Johnny and. And check that stuff out, and then listen to a show, and then go back and listen to the other Jamil shows, and you can have a wonderful time. Quick shout out to our uh, friends who have been on the show. One uh, gold medal at NHC. That's right. uh, William Steinle and uh, his brewing partners, Dylan Vaughn and Craig Vilhauer. These guys entered under the Brewing Network name and won with a phenomenal. Uh, Russian Imperial Stout that we actually got to taste on That's the show. Right. That's yeah. right. That's right. us a couple times here, and, and we were really pulling for those guys, so they did a great job. They helped Just us uh, win Club of the Year. But Yeah, when he, I ran into him in the Tiki Hut there at, at NHC, and he's like, yep, uh, our beer won. You tasted it. Good times. All right, everyone. Dr. Homebrew, take it easy. We'll talk to you later. Bye.